Hello and welcome to another episode. Of <laughs> I can listen to that all night. The- <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Right? I don't think it's ever going to get old. No. no, what are you talking about? This is this is just great. So, welcome aboard, everyone. And let me just go ahead and start off with making some uh, quick announcements. If you haven't done so already, please check out our YouTube channel. We got a couple of videos from the last round of the Clutch Kickers one hundred thousand dollar drift series. We got interviews. We got like trackside footage. Uh, and, and there's so much more to come. So just be on the lookout for that. And if, and if you haven't done so already, check out the live stream, the Clutch Kickers mm-hmm. live stream. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a whole weekend full of fun, action, suspense. Mm. I mean, it has it all. So thrills and chills check, and yes, oh, indeed. Yeah. Yep. So make sure to check out the Clutch Kickers one hundred thousand dollars series round five. That took place on the uh, Clutch Kickers YouTube channel. Or if you've got the Facebook, uh, you could do that too. Yeah. Either or. And so... Uh, with it's the bomb diggity. Sorry, I said throw it in there. I'm sorry, what? Go ahead. It's the bomb diggity. Yes. <laughs> and with that said, let us go ahead and introduce our special guest of the evening. <sighs> yes, indeed. Let's go ahead... <laughs> Let's go ahead and introduce the man of the hour, the angle judge of the Coach Kickers $100,000 Drift Series. And we're going to go ahead and introduce Mr. Will Parsons. Hello, everybody. <laughs> how, how very anticlimactic. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you did a good job building it up, though. I was, I was, yeah. like, I was on the edge of my seat. Oh, sure. okay. Yeah. okay. Good job. Good. I mean, there, there's a lot at play, and, and uh, we made it happen. But Will Parsons is here to answer any questions that drivers or spectators may have about the event, whether if it's uh, clarification on a, on a run or how is Will Parsons' health, mm. or most importantly, <laughs> what I'm curious to know, and Will, First question right out of the gate. I want to know what is the update status update on the 4A powered Lexus SC? I don't know. It's not going well. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh. So, well, tell us what's wrong. Uh, Maybe we can help. I feel your pain. Uh, I got, I inherited a motorcycle. So that took my attention away from the 4A powered SC. <laughs> you look, oh, you look, you look like you'd be riding with the hair and, the wind and stuff. I can see that. It's going to be a 4A powered motorcycle. Oh, oh that would be interesting. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, like ride that. on the T50. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow we're going to make some. Hey, they, they did thing. make a, <laughs> didn't they make a motorcycle that had a Hemi on it? I think they did. Right? Yeah. And they did a Viper one. A uh, Viper, right. Yeah, yeah. Tomahawk or something like yeah, that. There's a place in Houston that builds uh, small block Chevrolet motorcycles. I don't know. It's, yeah, should, it's a shop. Bring, I drive by it all the time. Bring, bring them your yeah. four-way, your four AG. Bring that in. Say, hey, I want to <laughs> yeah. put this in a motorcycle. I wonder how that'll yeah. go over. <laughs> you want to do what? You going to do what? It's going to cost yeah. you some money, boy. <laughs> So we don't do that here. You go no. somewhere else. Yeah, that's right. You need to take this stuff and get out of here. Yeah. Why are your carburetor sideways? What's going yeah, on what's here? What's going on here? Yeah. This ain't right. Oh, boy. Okay, so <laughs> I, one of the... Uh, going uh, on topic, I guess you can say. What was your overall impression of round five? Uh, I enjoyed round five a lot. It was It went pretty long in qualifying. Um, just cause there was so many drivers, um, but it was good overall. I thought it was a great into the series and 
everybody threw down in the tandem. There was a lot of good battles. Overall, it was a good event. And I just, I really enjoyed it. Going from round four to round five, I thought it was, it was a step up for sure, even with more drivers. Yeah. And, and the weather helps. The weather yeah. definitely you, helps. Yes. <laughs> Cause you know, it was hot, but had it been the inclement weather that we've seen in the past, it, it just would have been a total nightmare. Although yep. last round, we were able to finish qualifying right before that monsoon came in. So yeah, that was nuts. It was like, I just remember right after like you guys did qualifying the last run, like within like two minutes, there was just this monsoon of water just came rushing down. So didn't we do like half the runs in the wet, but everybody got one run in the dry or something? That was round three. Okay. Yeah. It's rained so much. It's the <laughs> first one that yeah. it didn't rain all the whole weekend. Right. So that good weather did make the event go so much more smoothly, especially oh, yeah. like you said, we had a full field. I was actually shocked because there were some drivers, and I mentioned it on the live stream, especially Lee Yearwood. I mean, he just ended up blowing both of his qualifying runs. That yeah. it was just surprising there wasn't a couple other drivers that that didn't qualify or yeah. actually pushed some maybe some of the other lower qualifying scores out of the ranks, right? Yeah, because um, we ended up having sixty three. Yeah, because there was um, seven double zeros. Mm-hmm. Seven, the, yeah, because we had seventy. We had seventy cars make laps in qualifying. Mm-hmm. What was interesting throughout the yeah. weekend was that um, you could see it from qualifying till the tandem battles, the progression of the driving. You would expect a lot of these drivers that have been there a lot, uh, like you know. Uh, some of the top drivers of the series to kind of lay down like number one qualifying runs. But you saw that they were not going all the way out to outer zone one and they were making a few little mistakes here and there. But throughout the weekend, you see them actually stepping it up. So I thought that was very interesting as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I think I think sometimes uh, the people that have driven it a lot, they get so they're just like, oh, I got this. And they don't really think about it. But it's such a technical track that they're they're missing their spots, but they're mm-hmm. like real confident. I don't know. No, yeah, you're right. Because I watched um, Brandon Whitnick put a video out, and I watched it, and he had mentioned that. Oh, I'm not gonna practice. Yeah, right. He ended up practicing because he had to change. He did a couple runs just to feel the car out, and he ended up changing his diff to yeah. change the gear. But when I was when I heard him say that, I was like, what do you mean you're not going to practice? He's like, oh, you know, I feel confident in this track. I've done a lot. I'm not going to bother practicing. He did practice. He did a shakedown. But I don't think he practiced much the day before or even I before think a qualifying. Lot of drivers, a lot of drivers did that, actually, which is wild. But it is a simple track to link. Um, but to do everything that we want is difficult for sure. Right. So what were some of the key changes that obviously they weren't drastic changes, but um, that you guys made from round four to this round? From round four to this round, the main change would just be Dan wasn't able to make it. He had a prior engagement, so we had to bring in Pat um, and Mm -hmm. we discussed it. Pat ended up taking style over just for Dan instead of us switching the order around or anything. Mm -hmm. That would definitely be the biggest change. Like the track and the layout and everything stayed pretty much the same. 
we weighed down the wall a little bit to make it not move as easily as it had before, but it was in the same spot. All the zones are in the same spot. Uh, we really didn't change a whole lot from round four yeah, as far only- as track layout and criteria. Right. And I think the only thing that I saw, it looked like you guys made the wall a little longer though this time. And then you guys added those cones on the inside of, of zone one. Uh, yeah, approaching oh, zone one, yeah. The, yeah, approaching zone one, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for pointing that out. I forgot about the inside clip. There weren't a clipping point. It was just we added three cones to the inside of turn one right after the initiation, just as a reference for us and to kind of push cars to go further out. Mm-hmm. Cars kept at round four kept driving in the dirt where those cones were at, especially in tandem when people are excited and trying to leave the follow car behind. Mm-hmm. they would go in the dirt right there every lap. And those cones weren't to represent a zero and they weren't an inner clip. We wanted drivers to not be near them at all. Just from our vantage point, it's really hard to see that inside of that turn from where we sit. So we put the cones there. So it's like, oh, he hit the cones. He definitely was too far inside when he mm-hmm. should have been further out. Yeah, I found that very interesting with the cones there because you could see the the less experienced drivers, the ones that haven't driven that track very much, they were kind of aiming at it and mm-hmm. instead of trying to stay wide of it, and they were trying to treat it as as a uh, as an inner clip, and I thought that was really weird. Why don't it, from what I talked to somebody that it wasn't, it just kind of caught their eye, mm-hmm. right? So maybe not intentionally use an inner clip, but you know where you look usually tends to be where you're going. Yeah. So exactly. I think a lot of people caught their eye and it caused them to go inside. Yeah, they got to look past that. So mm. anyway. Mm. But, uh, interesting. Yeah. I had a question. When you heard 80 drivers, were you concerned at all? <laughs> uh, not really. I mean, a little bit just because how long it can go. And it's also with 80, it's you're sending a lot of people home. So that's always disappointing. But I wasn't super concerned. Especially with how round four went and qualifying, I thought we had it mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. 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 Cause I think we actually caught up and going back to kind of your point with mm-hmm. the um, Jeff uh, Kurtz. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff Kurtz. Kurtz was talking yeah. about how when he was first going out there, he wasn't looking at the right spot. And I think towards the end, he started to get it. He was looking to the right of the first, the beginning of the initiation mm-hmm. or the, the beginning of zone one, outer yeah. zone one. And then he seemed to do pretty good. I was, what are your thoughts about that S2000? I was really surprised at how well he did. Yeah, he's a Texas guy. So I've driven with him before. It's funny. uh, His S2000 actually has, it doesn't still have paint on it, but my first big wreck in the SC was hitting his driver's side door with the back (laughs) of the SC, Texas Motor Speedway. So I've driven with him a lot over the years, but. He, I don't know when he did the V6 swap, but it's pretty radical. That mm-hmm. car was F20 for a long time. Yeah. So it, it's neat. I I like the way it sounds. Pat hates the way it sounds. I like it. <laughs> I think it, <laughs> it sounds, sounds cool. different. Um, so it's interesting, just supercharger V6, and it's not – it's a different note than all the other V6s. Like VQs to me sound horrible. Yeah, yeah. And that I kind of I kind of liked it. That's a weird sound, but yeah, yeah. Well, Pat cool doesn't guy. like anything doesn't that doesn't sound like a NASCAR. Yeah, so. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But yeah, that car was, uh, I definitely like the sound of it as well. But I mean, it was a rocket ship. Uh, I mean, I was, I was kind of wondering like you know how are people going to keep up with that car it's the v-tech man yeah. that's what i tell people yeah. yep. i think it was fast i think it was i think it was as fast as alex car in in certain parts of the mm. track it was close nah. it's nah, hooked up for sure it's definitely hooked up yeah uh, and that mm. the the track thing's always tricky too that i think the quote is if you're not looking where you're going you're going where you're looking because uh-huh. it's like if you look at those cones, you go to them. So the yeah. good drivers, I think, focus on the outside mm-hmm. and don't even look at the inside cones. Right. But yeah. it's funny, Jeff, that was his first time there. So definitely I could see where he's trying to figure out the points. So those cones being there might have been a distraction for him. Yeah. But they're more just like a reference point for us. He picked it up quick. I'll tell you that I was watching him all, all weekend, and uh, you know the first practice session, I, it was kind of rough for him, and then he had kind of a low qualifying score. But then the next day, he was like right on it. So yeah, it was good to see his progression. A few other drivers having to, uh, well, you had Colette Davis that was using Von Gittens, uh Fun Haver Fox body, and she was struggling. And then on the second day, she figured out use skinnier front tires, and the car was able. So it was cool to see drivers throughout the weekend progress even you adapt really adapt adapt, to the changes yeah yeah Yeah, adapting to a new track or adapting to a new car and it just shows that next year's competition i think is going to be pretty serious right we had those we had those drivers from mozambique driving a left-hand vehicle for the first time pretty much in their life yeah going out there and being thrown in the competition yeah and one of them uh, i think Shaquille, shaquille he actually did pretty well yeah um but that you saw that uh, a lot of drivers being able to adapt. So it is, it is a good sign of what's to come in 2022 and 2023 mm-hmm. as, as Clutch Kickers evolves into uh, this mega, not, I wouldn't say mega series, but it's just an anomaly. Uh, one, it's the payouts, right? You can't get around it. Really, what's bringing everybody is those payouts. Without the payouts, would it be what it is? I think it would still be the the great event that it is, mm-hmm. but maybe not grab the attention of some of these other drivers to make this trek all the way. Because mm-hmm. we had drivers coming from like around the world, yeah, and across country. Josiah was he driving? He was driving the Drift HQ car, or was he driving yeah, his own car? Th- that's his car. That's his car. Yeah, that's his car. So he came all the way down. He's in, lives in Canada, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, that's a prospect car too. He he drives in prospect. So yeah, that's his car, mm-hmm. and he, but he, it stays here in Florida. But he he goes back and forth, right? So yeah. it's it's exciting to see what's to come. And as a judge, your job's going to get a lot harder, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, that's the thing. That's, we got. Can we confirm twenty twenty two? Will Will Parsons be the judge at Clutch Kickers? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Not sure yet. Probably. Probably. I don't know. Um, it was fun this year, and I think. The prize money definitely brings drivers out, but more than that, I've started to feel that what brings drivers out now is bragging rights. Like people throw down at these events. So I think a lot of drivers see it and they're like, man, I I can get in the ring. Like I can throw down with these dudes. Absolutely. And they just want to come. It's super competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't want to be, you know, on the sidelines they want to get in on the action yeah yeah one but, notable individual that that comes to mind when you mentioned that it's will couch 
mm-hmm. where and and I remember talking to him afterwards and I was telling him it's like it it's one thing for you to say like you want to come and battle with the big dogs mm-hmm. but it's a whole another thing for you to quickly adapt to it and then you're actually putting up a challenge because right. we see often individuals come over and they just struggle throughout the event yeah and you're like well i hope they come back next time i hope they just use this as a uh, as a learning lesson mm-hmm. to improve for the next round but will couch stood out to me because how quickly he was able to pick it up and and was i think he took out some uh some uh, competitors yeah right, on his first uh event well he made top 16 on his first event yeah but what i did know about will couch is how close he is with sammy tiger i didn't realize yeah. that they were actually pretty close friends so yeah. that's cool because because he's got that wealth of experience and knowledge that Sammy Tiger has to apply to his build, to his car, and drifting nonetheless. And then talking to Sammy Tiger, Sammy Tiger said he, he's going to be back next year. So he's got he's got some rust he's got to shake off, right? But um, definitely somebody that can be uh, yes. a speed Sammy bump can throw it on for sure. He's right. super aggressive and not scared. Mm-mm. I felt real bad for Will Couch. His situation just was rough, but... It's one of those ones where it's technical and he just, he couldn't run. He tried to switch cars, but it was too late for that, unfortunately. So as soon as they go into that burnout box, they are on, it's basically like they're on the start line. They have begun their run. Right. And and that's what bit him in the butt in the, the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he probably, unless he's driven that car before, he wouldn't have done that great switching to Sammy Tiger's car, just like, on a whim or whatever, but it, I mean, he, I guess he would have had a shot Mm -hmm. at qualifying, but it's just, you have your car. As soon as you start doing burnouts, it's just like when you're doing burnouts, you have to call five minutes if anything breaks. Mm -hmm. So it's the same kind of situation as that. Once you're in the box, you're committed to your lap. Yeah. It's a, it's a shame. It's a shame. And we've we've seen in the past mechanical failures. Like we saw it with uh, round four, Taylor Ray, uh, breaking the rear end, right? yep. and in this round, Ben Julian basically taking himself out. Not that, yeah. not to take anything away from Trenton, yeah, right. In in that Cresta, he did a phenomenal job. He really surprised me. Yeah, and the fact that they actually switched the motor, like I think that from morning. what I understand, at eleven o'clock, there was no motor in that Cresta, and they actually got the motor running for for his battle against um his first battle. I forget who it was against though. Yeah, <laughs> all I know yeah. is he won that one. Yeah. But uh, but another driver that was really that for this entire season that really stood out to me was Cody Buchanan, in that uh, in that Teal three fifty Z the SRD I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you got to specify because there was two Teal three fifty Zs with the pink letters on the side. Yeah. Okay. And he, got, he got us some beer. It was actually really yeah, good. It was good beer. Oh, was good. Is, yeah. is Buchanan the VQ? No, or the V8? He has LS. LS. Yeah. LS. It, it was the, Teal the with teal like. Ones. Yeah, it was teal with like pink letter, red, red lettering on the side. Yeah, no, I got you. Yeah, one of that's the the V eight one, and the other one's the VQ one. That's all right. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 And then what I was gonna say also is uh, I'm really excited to see Brandon McDowell come back because Brandon McDowell has been he's like one, he's growing to be one of my favorites just mm-hmm. because of his how aggressive he is. 
mm-hmm. and he's so cool. Like he's such a chill guy. Yeah, like you get him out. He just having yeah. he's just having a great time. Yeah. I like last round when I, when I announced him, he's just he's like you know you know putting <laughs> the, you know, the, the, the slit in the throat kind of thing. I like that. I think we need more of that. Yeah, I think we should stage some fights. I think it'd be great. <laughs> what is with you in fights? I like wrestling. I like wrestling. You I mean, pr- if you, you like the old school wrestling, right? If it's got to yeah. go into a second one more time, they'll just wrestle in the middle of the. No, time. but like just get out and just have them like just you know the, you know the real fake. It just, yeah. I think I think it adds so much to it. I don't know yeah. if anybody at Clutch Kickers wants to wrestle with McDowell. No, <laughs> but he looks like a wrestler. Like yeah, he's, he's got the beard. Yeah. He's a big guy. I think it'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, Magic Mike. That'd be you know that'd, yeah. that'd be pretty fun. Yeah, I'm yeah. just talking trash. But no, I love his style for sure. He always goes for it. It's always fun, especially when he gets it kind of stacked up against him, where he makes a mistake or something. I already know the next the next lap is going to be real interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a hundred and twenty percent. Oh, absolutely. Uh, were you or are you impressed by some of his entries, considering how you are the angle judge? Hmm. For sure. Yep. And he actually, I think this is the first round where I saw him put together multiple laps where he was able to ride it out, mm-hmm. where everybody, all of us, were like. Oh, he can't make that. This runs over. And then he made it. And we're like, yes. <laughs> he, he definitely doesn't do the steer out of angle. If he initiates to lock, he like he's committed to it a hundred percent, like mm-hmm. make or break. It's always fun watching it. Yeah. So let me ask you, getting into the judging aspect of it, when you're judging the qualifying, of course, you guys break up style, angle, and line. Do you guys use that just kind of for people that are watching that maybe not understand how judging goes? Is it the same way when you're going into the tandem? Do you guys apply those same aspects? Are you still stuck on angle, judging the angle for both drivers? No. So in in qualifying, we're in each three categories and we focus on them specifically. And I think that's where a lot of the confusion comes from the scores we give because a lot of drivers have good line but they make mistakes in angle and they don't have much style angle and style are very closely related. If you don't have smooth angle throughout the course, you're probably not going to get a good style score either, but you can still have good line. And you can also have a bad line and get a good angle and a good style score um, for qualifying. But then when we move into tandem, we're watching all three categories and making judgment based off of the entire laps for both drivers, mm-hmm. um, looking at each thing, not just focusing on one aspect. Mm-hmm. Cause watching a live run with two cars, it's too hard to focus on both cars angle throughout the run mm-hmm. or both cars line. Like you kind of take in the entire run in its entirety and base the call off of that. Right. So what are some of the key things that you look for? Uh, when judging a tandem? In tandem, I look for line is very important, speed, uh, momentum, things like that, Um, corrections, especially depending on where it's at in the track, corrections are a big big deal. Uh, Slowdowns, this is mainly for the lead car. Mm -hmm. And then bobbles, things like that. Anything that is out of the ordinary – in the wrong part of the track or 
you know, where somebody gets too much angle and has to take angle out or somebody slows down as a part of the track they shouldn't slow down in. Mm-hmm. And then also watching the follow car, it's mainly seeing how they follow the lead car's line and how they're able to adapt to the lead car, their speed, mm-hmm. their momentum, you know, what they're having to do to close gaps, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sorry. I'm just ask one more question. Yeah, go ahead. Um, how much does the now we did have some technical I'm, I'm going to be talking about the uh, the drone replay footage but in reference to the drone replay footage just so if people haven't watched or you watched we did seem to have a little technical difficulties uh with the drones a little bit i, I think we got ironed out on the day of competition for the most part yeah but uh how much does that replay or how what uh, how can i say it word it basically how much does it weigh or has it caused you to reevaluate your initial impression So in qualifying, it doesn't play that big of a role, especially because at this round, they only had the chase drone going for qualifying. They didn't have the overhead drone and the chase drone feed was having issues right off the bat. So I know Dwayne used it a lot to see things that, you know, are kind of difficult to see, like distance from clips and stuff like that. But for the most part, we tried to not focus on it because we were worried if a run went and we didn't have drone footage and then the next run did have the drone footage, we just wanted it to be consistent. So, But then in the tandem, we used the drone footage a lot, especially Mm -hmm. the overhead drone, which unfortunately in the first part of Top 64, I think it was having trouble, the overhead drone. It took them a minute to get it going. And then yeah. in top 32 on, we used it, you know, we, we reviewed it basically for every call. Mm-hmm. That's why we would pause. We watched the drone footage and then for contact and things like that, it comes, it's really important. It helps mm-hmm. a ton to see what right. actually happened. Yeah. Okay. Um, Timmy, you had another question before? No. no. Good. Okay. No, I'm good. Um, I got a question in the chat from Rafael Vidal who writes, how do you feel about the barricade rule implemented later on in the season? I heard a few drivers complain about it being empty. Did you guys heard a lot of co- comments against it or for it? Um, from from drivers, I didn't really hear much except for that people liked it more than the cones because it gave them something to aim at. I think some of the drivers don't like that it's light and they can be moved, but it's one of those things where they like having it because they can see it and it's something to aim for. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a trade-off. It's also pretty deep in the turn. So to hit it hard, you have to be pretty far. You know, if the wall wasn't there, you would be going into the grass on the mm-hmm. inside. So I don't know. Most of the drivers didn't voice concerns about it this round. Yeah. Last but you guys round, did. there was a few. But this round, you guys, they did put sand in it and sandbags behind it. Right. We what, did put a couple hundred pounds. I think it was like 600 pounds of sand, which isn't a ton for that amount of barriers, you know, like mm-hmm. 100, 100 pounds per barrier, basically. But it seemed to help quite a bit. I mean, people were bumping it all weekend and it wasn't moving very much. Yeah. All the moves that all the hits that moved it a lot were pretty severe mm-hmm. contact. Like they hit it hard. Right. But that's a testament to 
you guys as judges and the Mike Castleberry and the Clutch Kicker staff, you guys really paying attention and trying to listen to the drivers so they don't feel like whatever they say just is being voided out, right? Formula Drift does right. that a lot. I know the drivers always come into Formula Drift trying to make suggestions, and they could really care less what the drivers say. They're going to do what they're going to do, which that's not bad. I understand allegedly. that aspect. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. No, it's true. <laughs> It's true. Okay. So, but what I'm saying is, and not that it's a bad thing, right? Because they're an organization; they've been doing it for a long time. So, they're going to be do what they're going to do what they've been doing and make the corrections they feel necessary. Because then you can get into the landfall of trying to make changes, trying to make everybody happy, and obviously you can't make everybody happy. But Clutch Kickers has been a, doing a great job of listening, taking the the creditable complaints or creditable suggestions and making changes accordingly and i think that's been great it's been a great to see that progression and i think that's another reason why the drivers love coming so much as well yep and that's we try to listen to them and take their you know we do things sometimes just to say this is what we're doing but we also listen to their concerns and questions and we try to you know just hear everybody out and there's always people that aren't going to like what we do, but overall the impression I got of the wall and stuff like that is that most of the drivers liked it and appreciated it. So right. it's a balance. Right. It, you're never going to make everybody happy. I, I read one comment and I'm just going to voice because it, it just drove me crazy. Okay. That, that I, I read in live stream that they should be emaciated. Like I was like, well, what is that? Like, you know, like about us, like, cause we're talking and, and I see people hate on like Alec Hunnedale, right? Like I just see, I watching that. I got, I can't watch it. It really is discouraging or distracting for me because we do have the live stream chat up and I try yeah. to ignore it. But some of the stuff that they come across, like Alec, if you met Alec, he's so humble. He's just yeah. such a chill guy. Right. Um, yeah. And a lot of these drivers, it's just, it's a shame to see that, uh, I think what is um, Pat Good call him? Darfs. Mm. Oh, <laughs> uh, we we can't go into detail. Oh, I can't go into detail. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm getting off topic. But anyways, yeah, it's okay. a clutch kickers is is just an, an amazing thing, and I have to say, when we first when I first heard of clutch kickers, I was like, this is <laughs> this is gonna go under, right? <laughs> yeah. I think we all agreed on yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they proved me wrong, and I'm glad yeah. they did. But uh, one thing I did, I do want to mention talking about the judges listening to the drivers and and I'm mentioning it because I kind of made that mistake. But and that is to if you want to reach out to them, do so before and after the competition, not during competition, because uh, take me, for instance, I went and made the mistake of trying (laughs) to reach out to them. I was like, hey, guys, how you doing? And Will was nice. He was like, hey, hello down there. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I hear like Pat and Dwayne in the background is like, "Get him out of here!" <laughs> <laughs> like after the event, after the event, stop this, get out of here. I was like, "Oh, yeah." So they're all business. They're all business. Hey, I have a question. What was different? Because um, I know we were driving you crazy because we we're like, it was like the, our announcing and everything. The talking the seemed to really be more annoying. But last round, what was different? Were you guys in a different spot, or was that, was that speaker not on last time? No, it, it was the same as last round. Oh, oh, okay. They just had to bear through it. it. Yeah. Well, it's weird. Once, so about halfway through Sunday, I stopped being able to even hear what y'all are saying. It just kind of like goes into the background. Okay. But then sometimes when you're trying to do something 
I don't know, focus on video and stuff like that, then sometimes it's like, oh man, yeah, it's really hard to focus with all this noise. <laughs> right, but, right. Hey, we, but we we got to do our part. You guys got to do your part. So we definitely have to work on that. Whether I have to climb that pole and snip that speaker, <laughs> you know, little castration kept, on that speaker, it'll be good. I kept telling Dwayne to get his gun and just shoot the speaker from the judging tower. <laughs> that would have been great. Turn up, yeah. bam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I mean headsets like like what we use that just amplify our own voice and keep your own, you know, we, we, where we hear each other because mm-hmm. that works out perfect because we can hear each other talk. If we didn't have the headsets on, like where we normally by the start line, mm-hmm. we would yeah. never be able to hear each other talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the last uh, in round four, we couldn't hear each other through the headsets because of the way it was set up, and it was kind of a little like I would be like, what? <laughs> like i would have to take the headset off what yeah. was that like yeah. so yeah uh definitely does help but yeah it is it, when you guys are reviewing replays uh what what's happening is uh i'm the one talking so it's all my fault so hey but i got a question <laughs> has, have while watching the replay has no pointed anything out that you guys maybe missed or 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 is he saying stuff to you guys like what the hell is he saying what do you shut up, up? <laughs> it's usually shut up you be honest it's with us well, be honest I, i'm not gonna call him out like that we need to get, we need get dwayne ramsey or, or pack on here to really <laughs> <Yeah>. spill the <laughs> beans yeah uh, i think the i think the speaker might bother them more than it does me for me like when i'm it's it's funny because it gets me in trouble all the time but when I'm focusing on the runs, like I literally couldn't, if you asked me what y'all said, even after when I'm watching video, I couldn't tell you what you said because mm-hmm. I just don't hear it. I You'll be a good like, dad. You'll be a really good yeah. father one day because you already got the talent of tuning your family out. I do it all the time. <laughs> I, it's, I mean, it's accidental though. It's like if I'm on the phone and somebody is trying to get me to do something, it's one of the, one of the things is not getting heard mm-hmm. at all. So it's yeah. one or the other. That's a good talent. Yeah. Very valuable. I don't know. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, did you hear what I said? And I'm like, damn, I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. How was it working with the King of Spring Break, Mr. Pat Gooden? The King of Spring Break is always enjoyable to work with. <laughs> I love Pat. So it was a good time. Mm-hmm. I think he was stressing a little bit, but I think overall he had a good time up there too. And, you know, I knew he didn't know what to expect from Dwayne as a judge, but those guys know each other from before. And I judged with Pat all last year. So mm-hmm. I thought it was a real good combo. Okay. Smooth. Uh, do you, do you, since you worked with Pat before, uh, do you feel his judging style or his judging criteria devi- deviated a significant amount from the previous year? Well, last year he was line judge, so this is – I think he did style at LS Fest, which just happened recently, mm-hmm. or maybe the – yeah, because they didn't do a comp at the Mustang, the Ford Fest or whatever. But uh, So his judging was completely different because it's different category. Mm-hmm. But I still think he looks at some of the similar things that he liked to see from line. But style, you know, is so many more – things you're looking at mm-hmm. okay. okay i don't know if that was a good answer or not but <laughs> <laughs> no, I, good enough for me it, yeah. it was great 
Okay, so why don't we start breaking down some of these runs that uh, we... Well, we went ahead and on the Instagram, we asked people to submit uh, battles that they wanted clarification on. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised other than we didn't get more. That's okay. Maybe it's a good <laughs> thing. Maybe they feel that the judging mm-hmm. wasn't so bad this time around that or, they needed clarification. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, yeah. it was pretty like for or, us, it was pretty clear. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe we're still haven't reached that point where many people are seeing because we're growing as as a podcast, as a video podcast as yeah. well, and getting to know everybody. So. You know, enjoy these slow seasons because it's going to build up and it's going to be like a thousand questions we're going to pick up from it, right? So right now... It's going to be four hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, real quick, before we start breaking them down, I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. Yeah, cool? no problem. Yeah, Don't go awesome. nowhere. All right. Yeah. We'll talk amongst ourselves. <laughs> Can we do All a quick right. round of uh, Noel the Car Ferry or something? Like, what? No, oh, no, no, so no. I thought you were going to wear your um, Chelsea Denofa hat. No, 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 no. I that's, thought for sure. That's after he wins the championship on the next episode. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're... we're I thought you had on. a thing where, like, you wear his outfit, like, from like, leading up to FD. Oh, like, like the his whole driver's week. suit and you everything? Can like <laughs> you be, like, half Chelsea and half Chelsea? No, you, you know what, though? Because you got this hat, but I got the special edition hat. It's different than the hat you got. Really? Yeah, I got. I got it right Show here. it to me. Oh, oh you got the you got the special edition. Oh, well. oh. oh, there you go. Special Whoa. edition. Whoa! <laughs> so, yeah, I got. Oh, you didn't get this one. No, I did not get that one. Oh man, so I'm jealous. Is, yeah, this jealous. is. It really puts you in like your. your I, I want to drive. Yeah, and yeah. I want to drive a Mustang. And you want a BMW? And I'm really conflicted. <laughs> so, yeah, you didn't, you didn't get the special edition. Chelsea no, I, I didn't. I didn't know. So, how's it look? That's interesting. It, it, look, it looks great. Looks, looks great. great. It, uh, yeah. I think it's a little wilder. I think it's a little wilder oh, side of a little shedding there, but <laughs> it's a little wilder side of Chelsea. That comes Chelsea with age. when you got to weave, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> weave, yeah. This, is, this, is, this, is, this is if we let it go for a little, you know, now twenty years from now. So. Oh man, Sweet. that's funny. It's pretty interesting. Nice. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that one. I, yeah, yeah I know. It's like I was expecting. Yeah, I took it out of the, the the bag. I'm like, this is this is. I think this is like a collector's cool. edition. Yeah, it is. You got to get that signed. I have to get it signed. Yeah. So, but yeah. <laughs> All right, definitely. and we're back. And we're back. Oh, sweet. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Sorry. Tim decided to leave. Well, well by the way, and uh, we got a new. We got Chelsea Denofa. Yeah. This and the seat. Chelsea, what's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna do I'm gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Chelsea's serious in here tonight. What, what do you think of I got context though? What do you think of uh <laughs> takeovers, got, got, Chelsea? I, uh, what? Takeovers, what do you think Take of punch him in the face? Come to my house. <laughs> what about rolling coal? I got punched in the face. My nose is swollen. That's why you can't recognize me. <laughs> oh, That's man. the special distant Chelsea Denofa hat. That's awesome. You can't see you can't see your your locks there, buddy. You can't see my locks. <laughs> yeah, it's so sexy. Crazy story. Side note: In Houston oh. right now, there's a big thing happening because a guy was trying to roll coal on some road bi- bicycle riders. Oh no! Oh, and he man. lost control and hit all of them. Oh! Oh no! Oh wow! Yeah. Wow! Well, well, you know, we had a couple oh, weeks yeah. ago, we had a, a takeover incident in oh. Miami. Yeah. And six people died. 
There like, was head. There was literally yeah, head literally a head, ladies. Her head was in the street. Like she got decapitated and everything. It was like it's ridiculous. Yeah, I saw yeah. the video. It was I. I had to turn it off. It was rough. Right. It was pretty rough. Yeah. yeah. We're Take trying orders. to stop that around here, but uh, is it bad over where you guys are at? Yeah, it's real bad here. I think there was some people that got killed in Houston also, and a uh, takeover type thing. That's crazy. Um, it's just it's out of control. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like my hair. It's a little out of control. <laughs> well, that took a weird turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rolling coal, that's what got me. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good job, Chelsea. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody, so you're aware, we got Chelsea, so oh, yeah. Tim, and Tim isn't here anymore. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's get things uh, this prepped up. Uh, just give me a moment while I work the internets over here. And first thing we're going to do is uh, Ethan Hodges versus Trent Crops. Crops? Yeah, Crops. Yeah. Hodges. Okay. All right. And I'm sure you have your notes there, uh, Mr. Parsons, right? <laughs> uh, so mental. I, it's all in his head. Look at this yeah, man. Well, I had, I had an issue. So I, I got my binder that I write my notes in and I opened it. And it's not my binder. It's I think it's Pat's binder. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> Actually, that's even better. That's even better. <laughs> we gotta read those. No, it's not. <laughs> loser, loser, yeah. idiot, yeah. idiot, <laughs> stupid. Oh, he should quit. He should quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and my handwriting and I Pat's handwriting also. It's like hieroglyphics, except I can't read his hieroglyphics hieroglyphics and nobody can read mine so just different dialects like a, that's all it's like a foreign <laughs> language yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay, <different right>. text. <laughs> all right uh so let me get this one playing and then we can go ahead and uh where is this thing hold on hold on Okay, so uh, let's actually add some audio. And that beautiful teal okay. press does. They make their way down. I don't know if people are going to enjoy this, but. Trenton giving chase, and here we go. Yeah, so this run is full of Trenton mistakes right on both. Ooh, Trenton, kind of shallow angle, trying to close that gap. I'm not sure the, how deep a line Ethan was running, so this is going to be interesting to see this in the drone footage. Yeah. But Trenton trying to stay right there with him. Ethan making his way through the track. Oh, uh-oh. It's definitely an interesting lead and chase follow. Trenton trying to do a good job to just stay right there and apply that pressure to Ethan Hodges, but I, I'd like to see this one on the drone footage. All right, so what were your uh, issues with that? So I don't know if there's drone footage of this run or not. Uh, let me but, skip ahead. Maybe there is. But go ahead. But so, yeah. So Ethan takes a way too inside line. He's making a lot of mistakes. Like he dirt drops one tire on the inside. We didn't feel that he lost momentum, but it's just a terrible line. Oh yeah. And then Ooh. we basically, we didn't fault Trenton for he making his all his corrections in the first turn at outer zone one. And then coming out of the touch and go, we felt that Ethan had enough momentum and Trenton wasn't able to follow him through there and he should have been able to and he goes straight and basically comes to a stop so we gave trenton a zero for his follow run on that run um 
we didn't just feel that Ethan deserved a zero for anywhere in that run, but overall as a lead, it was really bad, especially for the turn one. But so we had Trenton on a zero for his straighten and slow down after the touch and go and okay. didn't have Ethan on a zero. Okay, so now it looks like they're switching roles. I think he, he accomplished his goals right there. But here we go as they trade positions. Trenton taking off in lead. Ethan is going to give chase. Ethan's going to have to apply that pressure, causing, uh, if he can, cause Trenton to make a mistake. But Trenton's doing an excellent job in the lead position, flicking into the touch and go. And he does a good job filling that touch and go. And now they're both attacking. Yeah, so. Six attacking that yeah. second outer zone. Ethan's doing Little a good job behind. closing that gap. And now they're flicking it, both flicking it side by side into the third. Yeah, they're not finished zone. yet. Right with Trenton as they make their way off the track. I feel like I'm looking at a 95 Camry going sideways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, well, what can you tell us about that run? So that run was pretty smooth from both. There's a few mistakes, like, by both drivers, but nothing, like, major. Trenton does a good job getting, well, to the beginning of outer zone one. He doesn't fill it. He gets to the touch and go. Ethan kind of shortcuts the touch and go. Um, you know, it's pretty smooth throughout, and neither driver, like, earned a zero for that run. Trenton's lead was definitely better than Ethan's. Um, but because we had Trenton on a zero for the first lap, Ethan yeah. moved on. So Ethan, no, didn't Trent move on? No, 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 no Ethan, Ethan won. Ethan won? Yeah, he oh, okay. went up against Randy after. Oh, okay. So this, this was one of the runs that was protested. Okay, because um, this is top 64. Did, didn't Trent take out Ben Julian? No, it says yeah, top this 32, top now it changed. Oh, oh, that, that, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, okay, that's 20. right. That's right, okay. I was looking at the, uh, yeah, we had some graphical graphical errors there. i was yeah. looking i was like top 64 i don't remember that top 64 it was yeah okay yeah. All right, that makes sense now so it pretty much came down to one zero versus two completed runs right uh, right yeah so like uh, it was on, sloppy overall and ethan was very close to getting a zero but he he managed to make it through the track and we didn't feel he lost enough momentum anywhere to deserve a zero so like that's one of the runs we're probably talking about later where there was a drastic momentum change at that same spot of the track. And we felt Ethan maintained just enough and was able to wiggle around, you know, the inner clip just enough to not get a zero. Mm -hmm. It was close and, though. It was a bad lead lap. Yeah. And just to clarify, like the judges are expecting like what Ethan did on his lead coming out of the touch and go into outer zone two, you got to cut across the track. And, right. and no point did Ethan really just stop where... I think he's laid on a bunch of angle, which got him set up to go across the track. Yeah. Right? yeah. And Trenton wasn't didn't prepare for himself that. for that. Yeah. Right. Well, in a big well, body yeah. car, too, it's kind of hard to change that last minute. You know? Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, you could see Trenton in, in the chase position trying to, trying to follow that really inside line yeah. of uh, Ethan Hodges. And, and following that inside line puts him in awkward position. So... It's unfortunate, right? It's it's a sticky one. It's tricky, sticky. It's tricky. It's tricky, 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 and sticky. Tricky, 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 sticky. That'd be a good shirt. I think if Trenton had timed his transition a little bit better from the inner clip to the touch and go, he wouldn't have got pinched off. But he transitioned too quickly. 
which I, I don't know. For me, I didn't think it was because of Ethan's inside line. I think it's just Trenton got over, you know, anxious and transitioned too quickly. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when Ethan had big angle at the touch and go, it left Trenton nowhere to go. He had to just yeah. stop. Right. Which yeah. happens a lot on this track. When most of the issues at the touch and go, the follow car is on the inside and the lead car is in the touch and go. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of issues right there. Mm-hmm. Decides a lot of runs. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, an odd place to make an attack. Uh, you could see because you're coming off one transition into another. It happens very quickly. We've seen people do it though. But, Alec but, has done it. Yeah, but some people do. Dustin pull it Miles up, does a good job attacking there too. Yeah. Um, but I know. But Keone, it's tricky. Yeah, Keone Rodriguez. I when he first started the season. He, I think the first two rounds, he was constantly attacking in that one spot, and it seemed like it bit him every time. Yep. Because you really got to be on your A game to be able to attack in that spot, right? To be able to watch the transition, know when the transition, how far you are. But uh, Dustin Miles, he was definitely one that that yeah. sticks out to me, that where I've seen him attack in that position and pull it off flawlessly. Yep. Like the, I think the best attacks I've seen there, the follow car will – Maybe not fill the whole touch and go, but if like the lead car fills it, they'll at least get to the painted line. They'll be pretty deep in it. And then, so then when they do the transition to outer zone two, they're like really set up well for that. And they're able to stay in throttle and really, really get close coming mm-hmm. into outer zone two. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, ready for the next battle? Sure. Okay, the next one that uh, people wanted to discuss was uh, Kelsey Rowlings against Dirk Strand. Is that correct? Yeah, well? yeah and this is a real difficult one. <laughs> okay, uh, I believe this is... Wait, no, this is round, run what? How many times did they run? There was a one more they time. They ran... Was there? They, no. no, I don't... I don't think it was one more time. I think they just ran once, but their run got separated because... Um, Kelsey hit Dirk and and Dirk called or used his 15 minutes That's to right. check yeah, his right. car out. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I, and I think case. Kelsey used her five minutes also. I gotta yeah, go we, look for it. Then. Yeah, it was separated by quite a bit. Yeah, they went and did one lap and then she hit him on the touch and go. Yeah, it was coming yeah. out of touch and, and go. Yeah. then he dropped a tire on the um, outer turn three, three yeah. and then they you know uh he was checking suspension mm-hmm. and then she was checking her car out so yeah. yeah so what part would you like to see the uh i guess the first run yeah we'll watch the first one let's do that one first yeah, you can see she taps him yeah okay I th- and i, I think I she it. i think she, from when she taps him i thought she bobbled but maybe not she she basically came to a stop yeah that's what i thought I there mean, was like a stop from when i saw uh, well, okay. let's check it out. Let's go ahead and stop speculating. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> you gotta relax. wait for Benny. I know Benny. There we go. Benny in the chips. And all right. Oh, <clears throat> there we go. Add some volume to it. Dirk Stratton. Yeah, Dirk Stratton. And we'll see how this pans out. Right now, we have Dirk Stratton. He's gonna lead. Kelsey Rawlings is gonna give chase. And it looks like the line. You ready? Are sure you ready? Let's get it on. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, here we go. Beginning of the top 16 battle. And as they send it down the track, here we go. Dirk Stratton. Dirk's car is so fast. 
I love that car. It's insane. It's gonna try to close that gap as they make their way. Jeez, look at that. It's really the only vet I like. I really don't like any of the other ones out there. So it's just the color. I think it's just the color that makes the car for me. Oh, she really cut that line. Look at that cloud. That plume of Whoa, Dirk Stratton making an error there, dropping a tire. And almost looks like that might have caused Kelsey to. Um, to oh, yeah, yeah, spun. So, yeah, I forgot about that. I hmm. forgot the spun. I forgot the spin. Hmm. So she hit him and not, spun. Deep, yeah, so, uh, that's kinda... yeah, but hang on, hang on. Wait, calm down, buddy. Let's let's hear Will's explanation of this. Okay. Well, he, there's, there's a replay. Show the replay. So we thought this was a great lead lap by Dirk up to this point. It looks smooth in the drone, but she slowed down so much whenever she hit him. And then he slows down a lot right here. He doesn't, his front wheels don't go all the way straight, but that's like a huge mistake. So this is a weird situation because basically we had her on a zero after the touch and go for hitting him and coming to a stop. And then he made this mistake. So it was, we debated this run a lot, trying to decide, you know, what happened. I think Dirk's car might've actually been towed out on the right rear from the contact, even though it was light. But I think that's what he was fixing in his 15 minute timeout. But. So it's basically like they, she already zeroed. So it didn't matter if she spun and now there's on three yeah. because she was already sitting on a zero. It's weird. So we debated it a lot. So what we ended up doing is we gave Kelsey a zero for hitting him in the touch and go. And we gave him a zero for his mistake in going into outer zone three. Oh, okay. Um, so we, we basically had them both on a zero, but this is kind of confusing because normally like lead car zeros laps over, but Kelsey zeroed first like she made a huge mistake yeah she cut that line earned a zero Crazy. yeah and she just was in the wrong spot she didn't give him any space mm-hmm. yeah. Well, unfortunately I, yeah yeah I, re- I remember hearing that it was two zeros that's why i wanted you to explain that one uh it was uh it was definitely an odd call but it was also it was just an odd situation right and i think most people right. that saw it they didn't really t- Notice the contact much because it wasn't a heavy contact. Nobody noticed the contact. All the on, comments on the were like, ball. "Oh, he dropped the tire. She spun. That's she shouldn't deserve a zero. I'm like, guys, she ran and she hit him. Not only yeah. did she cut the line to get right. to him, she like she, hit him. She hit him and right. Coming you can see the, the yeah. him move. Yeah. Well, and it, it also flattened like the corner of his car. Like it right. was. Yeah. It didn't look hard, but it definitely affected his car. Yeah, I feel. Just in the right spot, right? But to actually just, zero to zero both of them out, that was I think that was more than fair because, like I said, whatever she done, you could have just been like he he didn't lose drift. He dropped one tire, right? Even though I don't think he lost drift right there, but no, um, that was definitely a fair way he, to say, hey, listen, we'll zero both of them out and we'll we'll judge it on the next run, right? And so initially. It was basically if both of them made it through the second lap, we were going to go one more time. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't say that, but that's what our thought. That's what my thought process was. You know, if if Kelsey makes a decent lead lap, doesn't get a zero, and Dirk doesn't get a zero following, then it's going to go one more time mm-hmm. because they both zeroed on the first one. 
Um, it's just complicated because it's most of the time when the lead car zeroes, that's the end of the run. But where he did it on the track, he was already past the point where she had zeroed. I don't know. It's it's a sticky one or tricky. Keep saying tricky, sticky, sticky, <laughs> sticky, tricky. That's, we're gonna make them shirts. Is this is sticky and tricky? Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, I heard somebody but... say sticky instead of tricky. I was like, so this that's been a tricky word today. Well, the stickier it gets, the trickier it gets, <laughs> and then the gets trickier sneaky. it gets, it gets the sneaky. stickier it gets, and then it just gets straight up sneaky. <laughs> All right, <laughs> sneaky, tricky. On to the next. <laughs> mm. All right, well, let's go ahead. I think it's it'd be a disservice not to display the uh, second half of the battle. So let's go and display what happened there, so that way people can see what unfolded when both drivers decided to uh, switch sides. So let's go ahead and display that and volume. It's funny, you can see her door is messed up from the contact. Mm-hmm. Oh! The third and final hour. I got to tell you, at first glance, I thought that was a cone underneath his car. <laughs> so from this angle, it's not easy to see, but we gave Kelsey a zero for this lap for her. She initiates, she's got momentum, and then she slows down so much, and they actually hit again in turn one. Huh. I noticed that. Yeah, you can yeah, see like, after the initiation, she's getting on the brakes where she's supposed to float out to yeah, outer zone. right on those cones where you're not supposed to be. Right, because yeah. you don't, after the initiate, you don't want to see them braking or slowing down whatsoever. So if they're deceling. Right, so and she, yeah, she hits about, the yeah. cones and then she doesn't actually get on throttle till she's almost to the she front did, clip. Right, she knocks those cones out. Yep. Well, no, but you can see her hit the brakes. So she got that bright brake light in the back. So you could see her after she initiates, she's on the brakes. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not a judge. <laughs> There's so right. many nuances. Yeah. Yeah. She messed up the the entry. We just wow. we thought that was a huge mistake. Like, well, that's the reason you had those cones there, right? Is still just to see that, and that's that they worked out. Right. That's interesting. And we, and we had said we were going to give zeros for people not being on throttle by the, you know, the start of outer zone one and she's, she's on throttle off throttle. She's still, you know, and then she gets on throttle back at the inner clip. Hearing it. She, she flirted with that a lot where she would be off throttle in outer zone one and her car. It's kind of interesting. It's so loud that it sort of does her a disservice because every time she's off throttle, it's super obvious because it's so quiet. Mm-hmm. Compared to how much noise it makes when she's on throttle, mm-hmm. but this is a tough one for sure. And I think we all agreed it might have been a split decision, but we felt that what we said in the drivers' meeting and what we were looking for that she earned a zero for that in turn one. So we didn't think that she did enough to earn a one more time, basically, which is what both of them were trying to do. Right. Hmm. 
Uh, how how many drivers did you come across that uh, got a zero on, on, in the first turn? Um, quite, I'd say quite a few. There was a few for sure that got zeros for doing the same thing as her, where when we watched it, there was an abrupt change in speed, and then the, the follow car would all of a sudden be hitting them or on top of them. Sometimes the follow car would be a little too aggressive and they would close the gap and the lead car is floating and look like they're maintaining the same amount of speed. But then sometimes you see the lead car initiate and then you see us like a big slowdown and then a speed up. And we really try to crack down on that this round um, mm. because it just makes it real hard for somebody to follow smoothly because they're trying to catch up to you and then you slow down. So they have to slow down and then you speed up and leave them behind. Mm -hmm. huh. uh, we actually have a question in the chat uh, by Drift E30 who writes, what's worse, her cutting the line or Dirk slowing down with angle dropping one tire? Um, and which part of the track, I wonder, is this question referring to? So... It's a mixture of both. Cutting the line is not necessarily a bad thing. So cutting the line isn't as bad as dropping a tire and slowing down when you should be accelerating. But that, you know, depends on if you're able to ride it out. So if you cut line and you get trapped and hit somebody or you have to stop or straighten or something like that, then that's really bad. But if you're just cutting line to catch up and you're able to do it smoothly and effectively, it's not it's not great, but it's also not terrible. It's not the same as dropping a tire is like a big mistake. Whereas cutting line, the mistake was getting left behind somewhere on track and you're cutting line to like fix the mistake basically. Yeah, if or if you're 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 chasing a higher horsepower car, there's going to be some significant cutting of the line by the by the by the chase right, car, just, right? Just to keep up, and we love to see that. We want proximity. So if you have to cut line to keep up, you know, and you're not, you don't want to be bus lengths behind. You cut line. That's definitely better. <laughs> right. I guess the circumstance, depending but, on what the circumstances, right, in the matchup as well. Yep. Exactly. And it depends on each run. Like some drivers get left behind on the start line and they're able to cut just a little bit and then they catch up by the touch and go and get back on the right line. And then sometimes people are close coming out of outer zone one and they cut line and they get trapped in the touch and go and they have nowhere to go. They just have to wait. Well, it's kind of like what happened so, with Kelsey right there, right? She cut so right. so much in on that touch and go when, when uh, Dirk Stratton came out of touch and go, she was right in his way. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So, and if she had been a, just a little bit back, she might not have hit him. She still would have had to wait for him to transition. But then what happens is she would have got gapped a little bit in outer zone two because she wouldn't have been able to go through there on throttle. So right. he would have been able to just pull a gap on her and then she would have to cut, you know, going in outer zone three. Yeah, Which but in this in this circumstance, if she had done that, she probably would have won it because when they came around to outer zone three, Dirk made had that major tire drop, which caused her to spin. That would have been his fault for her spinning, I would assume. Right. Yeah. So, and so then um, he would have been the only driver on the zero, and mm -hmm. then when they switched, and if the same thing happened, then they would have gone one more time because right. they she would have got the zero on her lead and. Mm -hmm. 
So if she had been a little less aggressive in the touch and go, she would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And the individual Drifty Dirty clarified, he said in zone three with uh, Kelsey following. And I believe he answered that, correct? Yeah, yeah. because she had already had already a zero. She had already yeah. zeroed at that point. So She wasn't zeroed because she cut the line. She was zeroed right. because she hit him. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And her cutting line, like, even if they hadn't had the contact, wouldn't have been a huge mistake. Like, he still would have been zeroed for his dirt drop and, mm. you know, his big bobble because he slowed down in an area you're not supposed to slow down. So that even though she was cutting, like, he trapped her right. there. Right. Yeah, but like you said before, I don't know if he just joined us, but she had already zeroed. So at that point, if Dirk had not zeroed, you guys basically washed out that first run altogether and then judge yeah. it according to the second half of the run. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it came down to Dirk having one zero and Kelsey having two. So Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which this happened at round three also. There was a weird thing like this where both drivers – got multiple zeros throughout the runs like <laughs> i don't know it's a little different than i don't know how fd would do it actually i'm not sure but mm. ah, don't worry about weird. it doesn't matter yeah. it doesn't matter that fd does what they do and you guys do what you do it, 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 it yeah, i don't but, think that one series should be the end all beat all right i think that we could take a lot of things from rds right yeah and and take and take a lot of what they do and how they judge and then you take from FD but at the end of the day clutch kickers is its own thing right it's not we're not here yeah. it's not like a mini formula drift it's its own entity and you guys are the judges so it's up to you guys to decide what to grab from and to be that way you right. can make, guys make the most informed decision right and for that it's a, it was a real difficult one just cuz there's contact and so if we hadn't zeroed Kelsey for the contact and only zeroed Dirk for his mistaken outer zone three, then basically we're saying that, you know, that contact had nothing to do with anything. It's basically like she didn't even make a mistake there, which mm-hmm. in our opinion, that was a, a large mistake. Mm-hmm. So that's how we did it. I mean, if, if the call had gone the other way, he might have been able to protest. I don't know because I think his car was towed out in the rear, even though it was not a hard hit. I think that it did tow his car out. So he, you know, that might have caused this spin into the dirt. I'm not sure. Right, but, right. There's a lot of what ifs we don't really know, but yeah, yeah. That, that little contact could just t- could mess up the alignment enough when he flicks it into the third outer zone. It, yeah, it feels yeah, different. It definitely screwed him up. It was not that was not a zone he's normally ever dropped a tire in. No. So, yeah, if he got bumped, it, I mean, it just takes a small bump to, to off, you know, especially if his settings are all just like tight fit, you know. Right. Um, so maybe something bumped it off or just knocked it off. And then that's that's what that sent him out, out mm-hmm. to be on the third turn. Well, any, anyways, I, I think I think it was the right call. Yeah. yeah. Looking at it now and everything. That was definitely one of the calls that I kind of had questions about um, at the end of the day. Yeah. I you, Dan has been on and Dwayne, you've been on this is the second time on. So I, I, I like yeah. having these after event clarifications yeah. because and I think a lot of drivers should watch it, too, because then they could see their own runs and, and see see how it's analyzed and see how you guys. You do care it's, about the judging, right? It's not biased. You, you know, even yeah. though you get you know a million clown emojis on the live stream <laughs> chat, right? Like you, these guys should be whatever, a bunch of clowns, everything. It, it's it, it's it's a <laughs> thankless position to be a judge. Yeah. 
but you guys yeah. take it seriously and having these breakdowns, um, I think everybody should. I wish I wish Formula Drift did these. I don't know if they do it. Do they? And after the no, I should. Undoubted. That'd be cool. So it's, I, it's, I like. Yeah, people get real upset, and it's it's a difficult job for sure. I really wish more drivers talked to us during practice, and you know, or had their spotters talk to us because you know sometimes people are like, "Oh, they're not available for feedback," but we are. I'm. I mean, I watch so many runs on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, just in practice, and anybody that comes up. You know, when I'm just standing there watching, it's it's weird because people come up and ask me after, and they're like, "Oh, how are my runs in practice?" And it's, "Oh, I don't recall your individual run. I watched hundreds of laps." But if someone's spotter comes up and they're like, "Hey, can you watch, you know, so and so, and just give me some pointers for them or whatever," or you know, with anybody, it doesn't matter, and I'll watch their if they say, "Hey." Like Kelsey's about to go. Will you watch her run and give me pointers? And I'll watch her run and give feedback. Like, and all the that's available to all the drivers. Like that's what we're there for. And I feel if more people did that during the event in practice, they wouldn't be so confused with low qualifying scores or you know why they lost in tandem. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, well, I, I wish I, more drivers did that. I think part of the problem is, uh, well, with some of the drivers, they they probably aren't even aware of it. I was talking to Alberto Big Boost, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Hey, you could talk to the judges if you want." But they announced it. They announced it, and I think a lot of people just don't pay attention. Well, yeah. that too. You guys were really clear. Dwayne was like, "Listen, anytime before competition, come to us. Ask us about your run. Have your spotter ask us about your run." We are more than willing to help you guys out. I, I thought that w- it's really not much clear, right? And when the competition starts, stay away from us, right? That's what <laughs> that's what he said, and, and it was very clear. So I, I think that that just really has to. Who, if you have a spotter, that spotter should be paying attention to those things because this is something that can help their driver. And as a driver, maybe um, Albert wasn't in the drivers' meeting. Well, he had to be in the drivers' meeting, but maybe he just was talking to somebody or get distracted. It's very easy to get, dis- easy to get distracted because all your friends are there. You kind of chatting along the lines, and a lot of times people don't like asking questions, right? And that's just an inherent human nature thing, right? When you get a bunch of people together and are to be instructed, a lot of times people have questions. They're just afraid to ask because they don't want to be that guy. Maybe they feel yeah. the judges are like too intimidating. They come off as intimidating. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, understand. I don't see it. But maybe I Dwayne, mean, maybe Dwayne, maybe Dwayne. What are you talking about? Yeah, he, he's, he was, he was like, he was yelling a lot. He was, yeah, he was a <laughs> Dwayne. This, was, this <laughs> was a different Dwayne. He was very, yeah. he wasn't yelling. Serious Dwayne. He was stern. This was serious Dwayne. It was kind of sexy. I have to admit. He was tired <laughs> of hearing about it. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm feeling the ginger root. You know, it's like a little root beer now and then won't be so bad. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, that escalated quickly. Yeah. Sorry. Oh yeah, boy. All I, right. Uh, go, sorry. Go ahead, Will. I was just gonna say, like, I I feel like I'm easy to talk to, and as long as you're respectful, I mean, some drivers have got me real irritated where I get real upset, but it's always because they're being they're being disrespectful or ugly. If you're asking for honest feedback and you want to hear honest feedback, like I'll definitely talk to you even if you disagree with me i'll debate it with you or you know it's drifting it's not none of this stuff is life or death but you know 
I definitely like breaking it down for people and so that they actually understand what I'm looking for. Mm. You know, what I found is weird is that it seemed like nobody this round could get the, the first turn right. It doesn't matter who it was. Nobody could get it right. Like they couldn't fill that outer zone correctly. I don't say nobody. I think there was a couple people that got it right, but for the vast not, majority, no, no, vast not majority, much, I think was was really bad. Well, you can see it on even the, like qualifying, even, yeah, qualifying, qualifying, qualifying. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. bad. It was really bad during Tandem. You could see that the drivers were progressing and actually making it out. So, like Taylor Ray was doing a good job. Obviously, Alec Honda though was doing a good. But job. qualifying was, but horrible. in qualifying, I think there was one guy and I forgot who it was. You know, but, but they then, screwed up another part of the they, track. Yeah, they screwed up another part of the track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't the same showing that we're used to. Maybe because it's a little colder than it was the rest I, of the summer. It was pretty hot during the day. Yeah, but it wasn't as hot as it normally is. It normally is like freaking on fire. Yeah, yeah you I'm know the sure, first yeah. the first event and the fifth event tend to be the grippier events. Yeah, because yeah. the first event is cooler out, and yeah. then the, the last event is cooler out. And we're talking not not cooler by much, but maybe that just a little bit difference that it makes, it makes to make it a little, little stickier. Grippy. Yeah, I don't know. It definitely was different. Like qualifying, it's funny. People were real upset about Dirks qualifying first. I saw that. But Dirks' run was really solid. He missed – his line was not that great, but he had great style and he had great angle scores from us. Like I looked at his scores earlier. So he scored low in line but high in angle and style. But he didn't but have a 90. We, no, exactly. So when we watched his run – you know, and then kept going through qualifying. We're like waiting for nineties, you know, yeah. not waiting, but it's just, we're like, yeah, people are going to get in the nineties for sure. And it just never happened. Right. Um, and it was funny because some of the drivers were like, Oh, why'd that guy qualify first? Like he shouldn't have got that score. And I'm like, well, that score wasn't that high for normal number one qualifier. Like, that last round that would have been, you know, top ten or something, but it wouldn't have been top three. Right. Yeah. So it right. just was unusual. Yeah. And everybody then like, just was making mistakes. Right. And and then like we were talking before we started and you had mentioned prior is that if you look, and actually you brought this up earlier, if you look at the top sixteen, just about everybody in the top sixteen qualifying made the top sixteen. And definitely when we came down to the top four finishers it was the top four qualifiers. Yep. Right. Yep. So you could argue all you want, but the end result is the they qualified and they almost finished the same. So yep. it wasn't that it couldn't have been that far off. And the scores were like split. I mean, they were like 84, 84, 83. They were so close. Yeah. Yep. Definitely you can see like if you look at who made top 16, top eight, top four. Those are the drivers that were doing a better job of what we wanted in qualifying compared to, you know, the people that got lower scores. They just, they weren't doing what we wanted to see. So they definitely, and that comes back to talking to us and stuff like that, which I just, I think some people don't understand. They look at the track and it's simple and they can link it and they're not understanding how technical it is and yeah. also at the same time like that throttle commitment is a huge part of it and i just want to be in qualifying i, I want to think the car is going to fly off the track and you're keeping it on track with your angle not you're kind of steering around mm -hmm. adding a little bit here taking some out like yeah, i want to be and i think another thing that's important too is and we used to do this we used to record the driver's meeting and put it on our, our YouTube page and put it on our, our Facebook, but nobody was watching it. 
it, the driver's meaning is key. If, if you're really a drift fan and you really want to know what's going on, right? You really want to f- like take it serious as a fan to be able to help analyze and watch and know what the judge is looking for. Those driver meetings are key because I don't think I've ever, for the most part, all the drivers understand what you guys are looking for. So because you guys stress it in the driver's meeting, the things you're really looking for, you guys say, we're really looking here. We're really hammering down on these sections. So if you're going to be on point, be on point in these sections. If you're going to make a mistake on that section, it's not going to weigh. Basically, what I'm saying is that you guys are clear with your explanations of what you're looking for. And I think a lot of the live stream people that are watching it, and even people that are there um, as fans that are watching it, too, they don't they're not there for that driver's meeting and they don't understand. So they're confused. But like I said, we used to post it, but nobody's watching it. So yeah. maybe that's something that next season we'll focus a little more on, just making sure we post up the driver's meeting so that way we can say, listen, if you guys are confused about the scores, go check out the driver's meeting. So that maybe that'll help clear th- some of the things up. Yeah, and we're, we're also talking about, well, I don't know, next year's a long ways away, but we might change up a little bit how we do the driver's meeting. We've talked about it briefly just to make it, better for the drivers so they understand better where we have a little more time and it's not as rushed and maybe we also talked about possibly thinning it out like making you know only drivers and spotters basically or something Mm -hmm. like that just so it's not so many people standing around just for background noise and things like that but right Hmm. yeah all righty uh, so let's go back to the battles and the, <laughs> the final one that uh, we wanted. Yeah, I know we got sidetracked, but that's yeah. okay. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> we're still here. Yeah. And it, it's happening. And we're going to go back to the final battle that took place at round five of the Crush Shakers $100,000 Drift Series. And that was between Adam LZ and <laughs> said. Mr. Alec Hollandale. 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 Yeah. Eh, whatever. Hollandale is a sauce, but he does put down the sauce. <laughs> okay. Yes, he does. All right. Okay. <laughs> so All right. We're going to do that there. And we're going to get Mr. Will the screen that he needs to be able to see the action. And there it is. Let's give it some volume. Oh, I forgot Alec didn't get the lead first this time. He had to follow first. <laughs> yeah. No, no it's, it's, it's definitely a thrasher. I'll tell you that for sure. What if he paints like the rest of the car? I, th- I feel like that guy's just been on a mission this year. Look like a wrestler. Definitely. Oh, okay. oh, oh, by the way, Will, Zach says hi. Hello, Zach. <laughs> See you soon. I see him right now on the That's true. The replay. <laughs> How's this happening? Oh my. Zach exception. Let's make this happen. Let's get ready to send it down the lane. Here we go. Adam LZ up front. Alec Honadale going to get chased. And here they go. They both initiate. Wow. Look at Alec Honadale right on the back of Adam LZ as they make their way inches away as they make their way through the first outer zone. Look at Adam on point. Maintaining. I feel like Alec got a little deeper in the touch and go than Adam did, which is wild. I think he's deeper in outer zone too also. He doesn't look like he's phased as he's holding that lead position. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's, let's wait for the uh, overhead drone. Here we go. Alec has a tendency to be able to, to, to attack the line from the chase position better than the lead driver. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> he's deeper in outer zone one. Yeah, it's about the same in the touch and go. 
He gets in the two a little late, but then he's deeper in outer zone two. It's just wild. That's insane. <laughs> he's a little bit sloppy. LZ's lead lap is smooth. He had a couple little bobbles in turn one, but nothing crazy. Overall, pretty smooth. And Alec is just super aggressive and deeper. And I don't know. It's Like I said, he's just been on a mission this year. It's been watching him drive. Like, yeah. like I told him, he's just being a bully like <laughs> oh, sorry. i don't know how else to describe it i think zach is there trying to send you a message well mm. <laughs> on what <laughs> <laughs> he's on the laptop on the left Season i don't know if you see him round five, the finals of clutch kickers he's updating the scores oh yeah he's on the screen me right now actually yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> he's, he's watching the live replay that was live <laughs> i thought you meant he was messaging me right now that's for sure i believe we saw adam lz uh, he's going to use a staggered start there, starting a little bit farther behind to have a roll up. He didn't Alec, jump. Alex Carl, no. We no. All know it's a rocket ship. I thought he would have jumped. Adam I mean, he set himself up to jump, but he didn't jump. Look at his smoke just not clearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it got to a point where several times Zach was like, hey, if the drivers are okay with it, just send them. Yeah. It's probably one of them. So he definitely should have jumped more for sure. I think that's the main. Yeah, it didn't set him right up. He just, he just can't close the gap like Alec did on him. He does a good job here. But, yeah, I don't know if this was controversial. Uh, watching it right yeah. now, I don't see how it could be. Yeah, no, he gapped him. He gapped him. Is freaking gap, but it was right at the start. Like, well, he gapped him from the start, but yeah, you just can't let him. You can't let the guy go. I remember, remember that's what the Randy was trying to fix for the rounds. He was trying to figure out how do I keep up. I gotta stay on the start. Once I, if I can stay on him on the start, I can follow him. But mm -hmm. if you can't get him on the start, that's it. They're gone. Yeah, especially a car like that. He's gone. And you see, Adam's not. Adam definitely does a good job of adjusting to it, but he just can't. He closes it a little bit here, but he's a lot lower angle. And then Alex Carr is just so fast in the transitions and I don't know, just rowdy. It's just dialed. You know, you know, it's yeah. funny. We I caught we I we caught up with Alec um actually Friday night and I was talking to him about next season. And he had mentioned that switching over to the three fifty Z. Um, chassis and 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 building that and setting that up for next round and and leaving this car behind. Now he <laughs> he he did pretty well in the 350Z last season, so it's not like it washed him out. Obviously, the car made a major difference. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see him in a, in the 350Z, depending on what he does to it, right? And how yeah. well it'll affect his performance next season. Yeah, I think I think if he could build it to like 500 horsepower, he'll still be one of those top five guys consistently. So, uh, Alec is definitely one of those drivers that could just drive anything. I mean, well, he it's came not the out car though. The, the car, I mean, to drive that car like that, yeah, is very hard. No, correct, because you heard. Well, we we uh, interviewed Adam LZ. Adam LZ was saying that he doesn't like bringing his pro car 
It's too gripped up, and it's almost like a monster. It's too hard to handle. It's too hard to handle. But Alec is basically driving the same car, right? Because it's set up pretty close. Yeah, but the, the grip power and everything is better on Alex's uh, yeah. Alex cars. Uh, you got V8 versus a turbo in line six, so I mean, I, I, mean, I could that, see that being a little harder. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Alex car, it's it's like a combo. I was telling somebody that it's it's a combo of his ability to drive it and then the car being so radical. Like the car, there's other cars that are comparable in power and grip and stuff, but he's able to just drive it you know he's wide open throttle almost the whole time and mm-hmm. there was one run i can't remember which battle it was but he he almost lost a couple of his battles this time he made some mistakes here and there and then when you'd see him try to you know overdo it on the next run so that he could get it one more time or whatever there was some runs where he went through the track faster than i saw anybody go through the track maybe <laughs> ever Mm-hmm. It's just that power with how like hard he's driving it. It's it's a really difficult to beat combo. Yeah. Which, yeah. So if he goes to a Z, he will do well just because he's good. He's a great driver, but it probably won't be quite the same as this car mm-hmm. being this dialed. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy thinking that he's a he could drive it ten tenths every time and still be consistent. You know, and right. and a car that like we've we've been saying it's it's a bucking Bronco, you know the thing is is crazy, so it's it's definitely a testament to his uh, ability and well the fact that he is the champion this year. So right. it's right crazy. taking taking Taylor Hole's spot. It was interesting to see Taylor Hole's choice of vehicle, and then actually he ended up not and bailing and then yeah. bailing out. Do so you know it, what happened to Taylor Hole? Um, I've heard a lot of different rumors. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I, I heard he was going to put nitrous on it. I also heard that he was going to try to do a midnight LS swap or something. Um, basically, I heard he was going to try to add power to it and bring it back for a tandem. Mm. And I guess that didn't work out or something. I'm not sure. But mm. well. he was a no-show on Sunday. So either yeah. he stayed up too late trying to do some, make something happen or got back home and decided it wasn't worth it. Right. Yeah. He's got he's got FD next week, so right. he's got to focus on that. Yeah. So, and, and going back to the uh, to the Adam battle, even Adam, like in his video, he mentioned that he felt Alec won, and mm-hmm. yeah. it, it wasn't a surprise to him uh, the turnout. So right, yeah. right. No, hats off to Alec. Alec Honedale really had a commanding performance this season. Yeah. Very similar to Taylor Hole's commanding performance last season. I would say even more. He yeah. got three wins yeah. this season. I, yeah. uh, Taylor Hole got two last year. Right. And so. his first place qualifying, which he just toyed with our emotions the way he would zero out his first qualifying <laughs> oh, run. And then he did it again this round. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Was that yeah. frustrating for you, Will? <laughs> it wasn't frustrating. It just, I don't know. I was nervous for him at round five because he still could have lost the championship. Yeah. So if he double zero then can you imagine that would have been like what a story (laughs) yeah that would have been like what a shocker that had been yeah and like if if it were me that would (laughs) have i would have done a safe run just to qualify and then gone for it on the second one and then he's you know zeroed on the first one and we're like oh he's definitely going to do a safe lap and it's like nope no safe lap we're like all right (laughs) uh 
going for it, which yeah. is wild. That just a testament to how good of a driver he is. Um, it's funny. People think we're biased towards Alec, but I don't think they, when you go and watch him drive on that track, it's, it's just, he yeah. is so dialed every lap. It's just even in practice, like following super slow cars and it just doesn't matter. Like, Watching him the last couple of rounds, it, it doesn't matter what car is in front of him or, you know, it just doesn't matter. And pra- mm-hmm. even in practice, he's dooring people and mm-hmm. just, yeah, he's got too many laps on the track. We need to throw in a, like, surprise zone or something. <laughs> yeah, It's a shame <laughs> we don't see difficult. him in Formula Drift anymore. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, how many seasons did he do? Ooh, like he was doing all the way up to 2019. Yeah, yeah, like, and, and he was he was doing good, yeah, and, and the a, cars were a little more above what he had. Yeah, but he was definitely somebody that people knew that this this kid had talent. Yeah, I right, remember, off, right out the gate. I remember yeah. Road Atlanta 2015. He made it, I think, to like the grade eight, and it was just so impressive the way he was coming out of the horseshoe, like with so much angle, yet still a lot of speed and. It was a, a very impressive. I I always say, it, I wonder what he would have done if he would have gotten uh, Chelsea's opportunity to drive with Vaughn. Well, see, so, so <laughs> but see, I want to kind of correct you on that because Chelsea, it's not Chelsea made that opportunity yeah, for himself. Yeah, of course, right? that is true. So he, he and thank God he did. Yeah. So, but yeah, he he definitely made the opportunity for himself. But yeah, had Alec been able to get with a sponsor a team like that, yeah, what he would have like. It, uh, what should I call it? Uh, Asmo's team. What? Oh, Papadakis. Papadakis Racing or, or something like or that. Or Chris Forsberg or, yeah. you, you know, any any of those top teams, I think. You well, know. he's still young. So yeah. it, I couldn't see it happen yeah. where he wouldn't make his way back in there. Yeah. It's it's fun to watch. Like Alec and Chelsea are, remind me a lot of each other kind of because they both started real young and both were amazing right off the bat. and. I hope Alec gets some of those opportunities someday. I think it would be cool to see him, you know, mm-hmm. be, like watching Chelsea now is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thinking yeah. like, you know, I drove with him and seeing his struggles, you know, we traveled a lot together. So I saw a lot of his struggles and stuff to make it. And he was always a driver that was just amazing. So it's it's cool to see him get the opportunity and be able to capitalize on it and mm-hmm. really do well. Yeah. I mean, he could win the championship. It's going to be a – Erlendale is going to be insane this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Uh, who do you think had the fastest car in the field? Oof. Fastest on the correct line, I would say Alec, mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Um, like, fastest lap through the track, probably Alec. But fastest car in general, um, Willie uh, – Espinoza is that poopy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His car is like does things that are insane sometimes. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. It's like doesn't make sense. Yeah. He's kind of all over the place, but that car Willie's, is a rocket ship. Yeah, Willie's one of the. He's got he's got he's got an Alec car, but he just needs that experience. That <laughs> he's like, got to tame the beast. He's got to tame the beast. Yeah, that beast. That's, yeah. Because sometimes he'll rocket out of a turn, and it's like. Phew, right i don't know i was telling somebody that it'd be fun to drive that i think that car would be fun to 
turn a lap in and try to drive. It's one of yeah. my favorite looking cars. I like uh, these yeah, guys. The, like they don't yeah. like the form the the FDs when you when you when you kid them out and put big wings. Oh, hey, oh, hey, no, I, don't, I, you, I, you said you said I don't no, like it like that. I like stock body, they but like I also body, but you know. I also like no. You can't. It's, you can't have both. I can. I can no, have you can't. both. No, you can't. I, I love live in America. It. I, like I can have big whatever wings. I want. I think I think <laughs> we need to bring back more big wings and drifting. Big wings. Big wings. Oh boy, with buffalo sauce. I kind of like the big wing on his car. Yeah, I like it on. Um, well, it's not Nick Castleberry's car. It's um, uh, Mike Midiat. Mike Midiat's car. Yeah, I didn't even know. We didn't know it was Mike's car. I'm yeah. like, the whole time I thought that was Nick's car. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought it was Nick's car too. Yeah, it's not. He drives it like it's his car. It's Mike's car. Yeah. And it, I, it was cool finding out the history of that car. That it yeah, was Yuha's written. Yeah, yeah, Yuha's old car, and uh, I was kind of blown away about that fact. And now that it has an LS, it's kind of weird, but. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny too, because I drove with U-Haul in 2009 in D1 uh, USA, him and some other guys, they had like a three car trailer and me and Chelsea and Aaron Losey had a three car trailer and went to all the D1 rounds together. It was a wild year. I remember that. I I went to the one that was uh, right down here in, in uh, Hallandale Beach. Yeah, that that was. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was at some convention center. Or something. No, it was. I don't it was know at the casino. Was. Casino parking lot. Casino. Yeah. It was at the casino. It was. At, oh, was that the yeah, casino? Okay. It was at the. Uh, yeah, it was at the casino. It was in a parking lot. Yeah. of something. Yeah. 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 And I remember uh, Jeremy Lowe backed his car into oh, the wall. Oh my goodness. <sighs> that was yeah. That was yeah. Pretty, it I was got wet. destroyed by Daigo Saito. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody yeah. did. Don't you know, worry. <laughs> you know, I think the biggest shocker to that event was it was the self tech. When when I was like I was walking around and people were like they just handed me a text. She said, "Go tech your car and bring this back." I'm like. <laughs> check 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 check. Yeah. everything's tied out i'm just filling out for you right now it was a self-tech that just blew everybody's mind that was yeah. hilarious yeah that's hilarious looks good to me yeah, yeah. the restaurant eating yeah, it's, you know it's funny it's because i was talking to uh chris jackson with jackson i don't know you know chris from jackson performance he's with um jeff yeah. jones teams world famous world yeah. famous chris jackson but he was going he was on his way up to the freedom factory to do the competition tonight and he he said he said well you know I did a nut and bolt check on the car right I was like well but are they tight he's like well, I didn't tighten them I just checked <laughs> you know, I'm just checking them he goes yeah those bolts still aren't there but I checked them <laughs> yeah they're loose but I didn't tighten them but I checked them so yeah. it's still there it's fine it's still there he, he checked it so yeah. uh, we have a nice. question in the chat uh, from Drift E30 who writes uh, who surprised you the most in round five. Surprise me the most. That's a good question. Round five, though. For, for the judges. Oh, the whole oh, sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say it's kind of a tie between probably Kelsey and uh, Randy Noah for round five. Um, Randy always does amazing qualifying laps, but I haven't seen him put it together in tandem. And I thought he did a really good job in the tandem competition this time. And it was really cool to see him not make the mistakes that he normally does in the tandem competition. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. And then also with Kelsey, I really thought she did a better job this time figuring out the line and stuff that we were looking for in qualifying. And then I thought she looked really good in tandem. She had, you know, issues with Dirk. But top 64, top 32, like, I thought she really improved from 
we saw her at round three or something like that. Um, I thought there was a lot of improvement there. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some other notable drivers. I think Keone Rodriguez, he held it together a little bit better this time. I think the S13 suit, yeah. That's a really good one. Yep. I wasn't thinking about him. He definitely, I I didn't know this. I don't know if y'all know it, but he replaced the engine in his car and uh, supposedly he's making like a thousand wheel horsepower. Or oh, really? It looks wow. like it's making yeah. that power. <laughs> yeah, which it made sense after. I was like, oh man. But he was throwing down for sure. And he was right there in the end, like could have gone either way for making it into top four. Mm-hmm. I think he got taken out by Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which they had kind of a controversial run too, where they both zeroed, mm-hmm. um, which was weird, but um he definitely got better. It's kind of weird because he was in his good car and he was doing good, and then he drove different cars for round three and four. Yeah. So of course he looks better in his car round five. Right. But he's definitely a good driver. I, I have a theory. I have a theory as to why he didn't do as good in the other vehicles, and that is because those other vehicles, there's really not a good place for you to plant the flag on the car <laughs> compared to the S13. Yeah. So perhaps that's why he yeah. didn't do as good. Yeah, that was a spirit of the flag. Just I thought, like I that thought you were going to go with the Jay-Z argument there. No, that's an easy cop-out. All right. <laughs> but was either, the arrow drag from the flag yeah. was able to... <laughs> But I I could, yeah, that car definitely looked like it had more power. And plus, I noticed that it was riding a little bit higher. So I'm guessing because, you know, with more power, he's trying to get more weight transfer. So yeah. the car definitely looked like it was really hooked up this past weekend or last weekend. You know what? Speaking of cop outs, oh I, I got a question for you. <laughs> okay. Is this a cop out or is it not a cop out? And it, it's a multifaceted question, right? Because oh, you're going to bring that up? Yes, I want to bring that up. I think so, you were explaining it, it wrong on the. I was listening to the interviews. I think you were explaining it wrong. Well, I just quoted it exactly what it was quoted. You made it sound like Mike was saying what he saying that. No, he's not good. saying it. No, he. he I, I watched the Adam. I watched the Adam interview, and it was like it made, made, it, made it sound like Mike was saying that. Just no. ask him the okay, question. So, anyway, so, so let me let me let me lay down the groundwork. Okay, let me let me set the context. This so take a while. when did you watch the Mike Magic Mike interview that we did? I watched most of it. Yeah. Okay. So he brought up something that he says should be said less or shouldn't be said at all, basically, is that it takes a good lead to have a good chase or a good lead makes for a good chase. Something along those lines. I I can't say word for word. Um, What's your take on that phrase? So it's complicated. (laughs) It is a loaded question, right? Um, I don't think that it necessarily takes a good lead for a good chase. Like there's some drivers that can adapt to whatever the lead car does and they'll have a good chase regardless. But that said, if the lead car does everything they're supposed to do correctly and they can do it consistently, the follow car I feel can really dial it in. Cause if they know that you're going to go to the zones, they can go 110% and they know that your, your car is going to be there. Whereas if you have a really sloppy lead lap, they might be really good and might be able to follow your line decently, but I don't think that they can be as aggressive because they're, you know, they're kind of guessing and they can watch, you know, when you're driving and you're following someone, 
you can guess what they're going to do by what their car does and how it moves. But I don't think you can be as dialed as when, um, you know, they're on a perfect lead line, if that makes sense. Right. And it yeah. comes down to definitions like what defines a bad lead run, right? Is a bad lead run him dropping tires around every corner and cutting cutting the lines yeah. and way off the line? Or is it just like three feet off or two feet off the clips, right? That's It's not a great. It's not necessarily a bad lead run. But I think case in point was the Ethan Hodges versus um, Trenton. Yeah. Right. We saw Ethan Hodges. He didn't put down a really good lead run. Trenton should have. He made his own mistakes, but in it, his lack of uh, Ethan Hodges' lack of a quality lead run did produce a pretty shoddy chase run. Right. But, and yeah. if Trenton was a little, you know, I don't know. Some drivers might have been able to follow that, but that'd be yeah. a really hard lead lap to have an amazing follow on. Basically, that follow lap is like trying to not get a zero. Right. To me, because it's not, you can't really, you can't, sometimes you can, but it's really difficult to be in someone's door when they're just driving wherever they want, sort of. So, but somebody that can follow that, that, that man, those drivers that can follow something like that and put down a solid chase run, Alec Hunterdale, right, being case in point, and and many other drivers that were there, not just him. Adam LZ, Adam LZ, right. People real well on bad ones. So they could follow. The trash that's being thrown at them, and still put themselves in a, in a position to attack and, and dominate from the lead. I'm sorry, yeah. from the chase position. So, yeah, it, it's 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 an interest. I think Noel did a good job of saying a, a good lead run uh, gives opportunity for a, a solid chase run, and yeah. I think that's accurate. And it does, and it it looks better. <laughs> like if the lead car is a good lap, and the follow car is on them it looks really good i feel when the lead car is a sloppy lead lap the follow is going to be somewhat sloppy because they're mm. trying to adjust also and then overall it looks sloppy just in general it's yeah. not yeah most of the relaps where the lead car has a bad line or makes a lot of mistakes like it's not a run that you look back on and you're like man that was sick like it was amazing <laughs> right because it's like oh that dude's like messing up and everywhere and this dude's following him okay, but it's in general, it's not that great. Mm-hmm. Whereas when somebody has a great lead lap and the follow car is just on him, it looks really great. Like it's, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know, yeah. like uh, Mike Pollard leading um, Alec, like those laps, you know, are amazing. Mm-hmm. That's a great lead, great follow, and then vice versa too. But it's like, they are throwing down like both of them are doing a, a good job in both positions and it just it looks great and those right. are the ones you look back on right uh, you just reminded me of something um about brendan wicknick the king of one more time oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. he is. how do you how do you deal with that <laughs> man that was tough i thought it was never gonna end <laughs> yeah every time he goes out <laughs> those nail biters yeah. All of those one more times with Pollard. Those dudes are just throwing down. Like it, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe they didn't just hit each other. That I kept thinking it was gonna happen. And it yeah. they were bumping, but it didn't I think Brandon just needed a little bit more car for those. Yeah. But, that car is basically like a stock car. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I maybe I'm wrong, but last time I saw that I saw a super AFC. 
on on the dash, and that's what he was running it off. Have you seen the inside yeah. of the car? Watch some of his videos. It's that car, it, it looks it's like, like a stock car. Is it freaking one J with a yeah. with a with a Super AFC running it? Is that really what's going on? I, I believe so. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I haven't watched enough videos, but it's I not. I think it's a one point five J, but yeah, it's like it's very basic. It's very simple. There's. I don't think that car is caged. No, it's not. No. Um, yeah. I think it still has stock seats in it. Yeah, yeah, last time I talked to him, he told me it was 400 horsepower. That's it. Yeah. So that's pretty impressive. It's not crazy for sure. No, he runs he runs that whole track in second gear. He just sets up his gear. He runs in second gear. It's wild. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, and apparently a bunch of people in the chat were confused about the lack of a cage. I mean, the rules and the, all the information that you need is on the Clutch Kickers website. Yes. Yes. Clutch Kickers, they, they call it the Wild West. But go, yeah, go to clutchkickers.com and you can see the whole oh. rule book. Yep. That's what makes Clutch Kickers what it is because these guys can come out there and they can throw down against Alec Honadale or Adam LZ and Taylor Hole or even Taylor Ray and Ben Julian and Brandon McDowell. There's so many amazing drivers. We, we, ha- we unfortunately, we didn't have Kevin Lawrence this time. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. So we missed him. Definitely. Brandon McDowell, man, with his, those entries, like if you could just. Oh, the freaking entries are insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, ben Hobson. Ben Hobson, Hobson right? Was it, yeah, yeah. But Hobson. case in point is that's what makes Clutch Kickers the anomaly that it is, that these guys can come out there. When and, Ben Hobson had the Joker livery the oh, first yeah. season, he was nuts. Yeah. Like, yeah. he was, like, killing it. That was, yeah. That was a the, nice flames, the Flames. The Flames. <laughs> I remember the Flames. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, some people would like the to watch fires. the world burn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that, Will? Sorry. The backfires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But it's pretty much like you have a car. You want to drive with these guys. Can Run you qualify? You Just right. come and do it. You know, Run what you brung. There's no yeah. limits on tires. There's no limits on suspension. It's run what you brung. It's the Wild West, if you want to call it that. But yep. we love it. And it has produced some of the, like you said, look, you have Brandon Whitnick, right? He doesn't have that much power. And he's he's easily a number one contender. Right? How many times yeah. he pushed Taylor Ray? How many one more times did he do last time? Yeah. It was like a three yeah. one more time battle. I mean, it was nuts. Right. And he could crazy. very well have taken out Mike Pollard. And Mike Pollard is definitely twice the horsepower that he has. Easily. Hey, the judges oh. gave Brandon what he wanted. Remember, he stepped out of the car and he was like, one more time. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. So the well, judges think, were are there to satisfy the driver's needs. And yeah, they gave I mean, him the yeah. one more time that they asked for. I heard there were some we, we fruit roll ups passing away around. Oh, <laughs> you gave it to him twice? Yeah. I heard fruit roll-ups go a long way in the judges' tower. That's yeah. What I got definitely. an inside scoop from one of the other judges snacks. to mention it. Snacks. Snacks, snacks yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Not, not the dirt kind, please. I mean, every time. It, yeah. I mean, how was, how was the splash zone this time around? Not as bad as last time. Yeah. Um, they dug such a big groove that the dirt sort of went up instead of going straight into the tower. So. Okay. Hmm. We only got hit a few times this this time in qualifying and in tandem. Mm-hmm. But Did it get points deducted if they hit you, <laughs> <laughs> or is it bonuses? <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me ask you to reflect on on the season, the the year. What what are you grateful for for uh, season two? Uh, I'm just grateful that they invited me out again. It was a fun time, and I just like being there. And I don't know that the atmosphere is just really cool. And I've liked the progression from 
last year to this year quite a bit. I feel a lot of things went smoother that didn't go smoothly last year. And like with you guys there and everything, I just, I enjoyed it. I really just glad they invited me out. Yeah, we feel the same. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. we, we really did feel being at the party was great. So yeah, that yeah. is, I, and I didn't fall asleep this time. So that was <laughs> yeah. that was a big plus. And, and Mr. Uh, Will did not get lost. Did oh, we not did lose his glasses. glasses. Well, that's because Dan wasn't there. Exactly. Yeah. Been there. Dan's a bad influence. You know, you know, he got hurt. Like he busted himself pretty bad. The round four, he said. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Dan yeah. is just Dan. Dan, no, Dan he's is, a bad influence. He's Danger Dan. You need yeah. to talk to your mom about <laughs> Danger Dan. Yeah. <laughs> She she warned me about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. funny. Uh, danger, Dan. yeah. I'm sorry. It go just, ahead. Well, uh, uh, Wicknick didn't make it to the party either, so that probably saved me a little bit because we had talked before the event about swimming in the ocean in the, at night again, <laughs> and we were gonna do it, and then he wasn't there, and I was tired, so it didn't happen. But. He went swimming in the ocean. I was talking to him today and he was talking about all the things he could see in the daylight that, you know, you just don't worry about at night because you can't see it like stingrays and mm-hmm. <laughs> just jellyfish sea yeah. creatures. Yeah. Just but, if you get, if you get stabbed in the chest with the, with the barb from a stingray, oh, just no. leave it in there. Leave it in there. So I don't, I don't know if you guys were here for this at round four, if you had already <laughs> left the party, but. I got leg swept by something in the ocean. Really? Like I was swimming, yeah, and then I tripped over something, and then it wasn't there. And it wasn't a person. <laughs> Most likely a shark. Yeah, <laughs> some kind of sea creature. Yeah. <laughs> sure wasn't Dan. Yeah, sure wasn't Dan. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so definitely creature. sketchy things happening in the ocean at night, but. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of swimming in, in the ocean at night. That's for sure. Really? No, not at night. Yeah. No, there's too much know, stuff out there. There's something special about it. Especially scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, we we were definitely honored, and we look forward and, and hopeful that we'll be there um, next round, next season for yeah. the Clutch Kickers season three. So that'd be exciting to be there and hang out with everybody again. And it's just, it really is an honor to be able to be out there and do what we do, even though, you know, some people may like us, some people may not, may not like us. Right. (laughs) Get some interesting comments, you know, (laughs) get emaciated and some other things. But, uh, you know, I I think that's something that us and the judges can relate on. Yeah, it is. You you got to take with a grain of salt. Hey, listen, we're all here because we love the sport and we're doing the best job that we can and we're growing and we're improving. You know, some people are just not going to like, you know, I have, you know, and I get it because I can't tell you for the longest time, I couldn't stand Jared DeAnda, right? I just, I couldn't stand like all his jokes and stuff. He kind of grew on me and I have more respect for him now than ever. Yeah. And and if Jared had ever heard me say anything negative or, or knew who I was saying negative things about it, I would, I would officially apologize to Jared and say, you're doing a great job and I support you 100%. And I ha- and, That's a big step for you. It yeah. is a big step for me. <laughs> it's, fu- it's funny because I hear a lot of like similar jokes now coming from him, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm like yeah. where did this guy come from? Yeah, so, yeah Jared has got my utmost spec because he's been doing for like what 10, 12 years now. No, like so can, almost twenty. I can imagine the flame that he's got. Yeah. Right. So I guess if if somebody's not hating on you, then you're not doing it right. Um, exactly. It is what it is. We move on. We learn. We try to improve, and that's yeah. what we're going to keep doing. Try to improve and get better, and we can only go up from here. Yep. Yep. For sure. It's a tough job. And 
people always talk trash and mm-hmm. me too, about judging too. I mean, we get DMs from people and, but at the end of the day, we just do our best and watch the runs and try to make the fairest call we can. And it's, you know, qualifying people are upset tandem always. So yeah. I think the worst one was round right. one. We when had, Dan got the death threats. When Dan got was yeah. oh death threats, God. that was a bad that. one. I mean, I, I thought he had we had witness protection because <laughs> that man was getting death threats, but he came on the show and he did a great breakdown. Yeah. And yeah. Dan is just he's a great talker and he's very good at explaining things. He's very entertaining to watch as well. So hey, he I survived. W- but I want to mention that he like didn't sit idle. Like he would actually go on the comments and would be replying to every one of the oh, comments. Was, yeah, <laughs> I kid you not. He, people were like, "Oh, the judges suck," and then Dad's like, "I'm here. What? What do you yeah. want to say?" <laughs> and he's like, "Well, you did a bad job." It's like, "All right, well, I want to see you try to do the same." Right. And it went back and back and forth. I'm just like, "Man, this guy's an animal." Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> And he's watching everything like, at the same time. Like, yeah. what a multitasker. <laughs> I can't do it. No. Same. Yeah, we, we miss Dan. Hopefully he'll be back next. We miss his personality and what he brings to the event as well. And I think a lot of drivers yeah. enjoy um, making his pants tight. Yeah, yeah making his pants tight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was real bummed he wasn't at round five, but I was happy that Pat was there too. I enjoy Pat. So Yeah, absolutely. He's no slouch. No, no strange. No strange. <laughs> but I did miss Dan. I did miss the danger party on Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, I did want to ask you before we let you go. Can drivers still reach out to you, even though the season has ended? Can drivers still reach out to you uh, to for notes or suggestions? I mean, is that is that possible? Always. Yeah, always. People do, and I I break things down for them, too, and I go review their laps and stuff. So always. Mm -hmm. I'm down, and I I miss things, too. And, you know, drivers tell me things that happened in their car that may or may not have been their fault, but it's debatable, so for sure. And and where can people find you, sir? Uh, Will Parsons on Instagram. That's pretty much the main spot on Facebook too, but mostly and hang out on Instagram. Any events you have planned to drive coming up? Uh, I'll probably drive. Uh, IAS is a Randall Waters Pro 2 driver. He's been putting on events in Houston lately, so I've been going to those and helping out, mm-hmm. coaching people, driving a little bit. So I think there's one in November that I'm going to go to. Um and then I'm going to try to make the clutch kickers fun day in December. Oh, um, so you should. Yeah. Paul's going to be driving that. Yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a goal of mine, but I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I'm going to try. I think it'd be real fun because yes. two day event, you know, kind of replace going to the NOLA cart track since that seems to be dead, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah, it gets cold. I, I not one. Tim, Tim did it last year. Yeah, last December, I, I did the. I did it all by myself. I drove there by myself. I slept in my truck, and I had the time of my life. You know, just nice. just hanging out with everybody, getting a drive with everybody. The tire change. The tire change. Oh yeah, oh, yeah I got like, to. Um, uh, Justin Harris was changing tires. Um, by running over them, basically <laughs> he would lay, he would lay he would lay the tire on the side. I've never seen that before. Apparently, it's an old trick, and he actually had never yeah. done it before, but he saw it done. 
and he was able to just <laughs> to lay his because the they didn't have a tire changer. So he would lay his tire, yeah. his, his wheel on the side, and he deflated. And he would just take his truck, drive over the sidewall, and he was breaking the beads. Yeah, and he was crazy. able to keep going. Yeah, that's that's so crazy. <laughs> that's uh, that's good being. I used uh, to. I, uh, I used to use the Harbor Freight manual tire mounter. Oof, it's like yeah. for 15s. We, me and Dwayne actually, we did 17s and 18s on them, which was horrible. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. did it. No, we've done it. We used to. So when we used to run uh, drift sessions, when we were um, event organizer as drift sessions as an event organizer, I bought one of those and I had a little like a three by four trailer, and I basically would just set it up and I would let everybody use it. And yeah. yeah. 18 inch, 17 inch. We called her Big Bertha. Yeah, yeah Big she, Bertha. She, she took a beating. Yeah. Yeah. But it was there. That's all we had at the time. Yeah, we, we yeah. Kept on, yeah, that was like the tire changer we had for the first couple events. And then we actually saved up and actually got a real tire changer. Yeah, I, 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 I purchased a real tire changer. We'd well, we were a Hialeah version. A Hialeah version, yeah. <laughs> the Hialeah version yeah. of a tire changer. Um, and oh, we got to explain Hialeah to Yeah, nobody knows Hialeah. Yeah, yeah. Hialeah is different. You can get everything. <laughs> it's, almost like, it's almost like China. Right, because you know China like in manufactures Florida. like you know yeah. Apple iPads and stuff. Well, that's, that's you can get anything yeah. in Hialeah. Yeah. Hialeah yeah. Norales, same. Yeah, anything, anything you'd be surprised. Yeah. FYI, Zach will have a tire changer this year. Oh, right in the chat. Nice. Okay, good deal. I was just thinking, I'm not gonna have to get a bunch of tire, a bunch of wheels, but awesome. I don't need it. I don't need a bunch of wheels. Good deal. Well, cool. Okay. Well, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. I hope. All the clarifications were made. I hope nobody feels uh, different about it or any. I mean, this was your chance. This is your opportunity <laughs> to talk to one of the main judges of the Clutch Kickers $100,000 Drift Series. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's yeah. That's the end of the year. Mm-hmm. No more. We're going to put that into history books. We're going to yeah. open up a new chapter next year. Mm-hmm. Start fresh. Hopefully with the same individuals. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. Who knows what can happen? I don't want to go ahead and speculate. Right. But with that said, I want to thank everybody. I want to, I want to make an announcement. Oh, go I ahead. Could, Sorry. Go ahead. I just want to remind everybody, um, U.S. Drift Circuit at PBIR. This last could potentially event. be the last um, drift event at PBR, uh, Palm Beach International Raceway. It's in West Palm. Mm. And they run a full track. So if you've never been, this is a world-class track. And this may be the last time we'll ever get to enjoy it. Yeah. So it's going to be on uh, October 30th. We're losing October another 30th. track. Yep. Yeah, we're losing another track. Our closest track now Sorry. is three hours away yeah. for us, right? So that's the closest track is uh, is OSW. Freedom Factory is probably about the same. About the same. Maybe that's a little it. farther. Yeah. It's the same setup. So, but anyhow, um, you guys are watching. If you're in the area, South Florida, Orlando area, you definitely want to tennis because they can easily put – 15 20 cars on that track and everybody gets a ton of seat time yeah. there's never been a complaint about seat time how chris jackson runs the run groups it just it works out really well but it definitely event they're going to do a uh, trunk or treat so if you want to bring yeah. your kids out they're going to be doing candy giveaways and some other stuff and we're seeing bill stinger i don't know if you know who uh, bill stinger is um will but he's one of the local favorites he's actually coming out to drift again yeah, he no, hasn't no. been out in a while nice so definitely, uh, it's gonna be a good time. So guys, you know, marketing your calendars two weeks PBR. from now. Yeah, okay. it's great. Yeah. It's a blast. If you want to go yep. fast, yeah, 120, 130 mile entries, easy. Yeah. If yep. you have Sick. if you have the e brake, strengthen that right arm. <laughs> you just hold it. <laughs> you can check your time. You can put a hot pocket in a little microwave if you want to still be holding <laughs> yep. the e brake. Just wait for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, 
uh, where was I? So yeah, so thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you everybody, not only for tuning into our show, but also for tuning in to the Coast Kickers live stream. We had a great year, uh, phenomenal. It was phenomenal, exciting from beginning to end, mm-hmm. and we can't wait for what's in store for the following year. And I just want to mention, there's going to be a lot of footage coming out, not only from us, but also from uh, other individuals. So be sure to check that out on uh, all the social media platforms, in particular Instagram and YouTube. And the, most importantly, I want to highlight the after movie that Clutch Kickers is going to release. I don't know when. They haven't told me anything, but set your calendars. It might happen. Subscribe to the Clutch Kickers uh, YouTube yep. channel. And once it pops up, you definitely do not want to miss it. And with that said... Uh, thank you for tuning in for the show and we'll be back in two weeks. We hope you enjoyed and have a good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.